Hey everyone, on this episode of the Your Life, Your Term show, we have the amazing and awesome Chris Curry on the show. And uh, you probably have never, maybe you've never heard of Chris. Anyway, we've known him for 10, 15 years at this point. Awesome guy. He grew up and lives in Florida. He was one of the top real estate guys down in Florida as a realtor for many years. We came across him during a mastermind meeting with Rob Minton in Ohio, a long time ago, uh, became good friends. We've crossed paths for many years ever since. He's done a lot of stuff. So he's in town attending a conference. So he stopped into the office here and we asked him just to share some Florida knowledge. I mean, Canadians are always asking questions about Florida, where to buy in Florida, how Florida operates, what to know about Florida. So this is a local Florida boy that uh, we asked to sit down and give us the goods on Florida. So we have a chat just about his history, his journey, some things that went on during 2008. 2009 in Florida, how he survived that time, and just have an overall good chat with Chris. Um, I had to end it a little early. I had to run. It was a little bit of an impromptu podcast. So I think in the time, though, we did uh, get a lot of good information jammed in there. So I really hope you enjoy this. I think we'll have Chris back on the podcast again to talk about other stuff. He has a whole bunch of business insights and knowledge as well that uh, we can share. And look, if you're listening to this and you have not come out to our Canadian real estate training, our introductory training class about real estate investing right here in Ontario, what is wrong with you? You need to come to this. It is uh, held once a month in our office. You can register and grab a seat at CanadianRealEstateTraining.com. So that's www.CanadianRealEstateTraining.com. We love investing in Ontario. As much as we talk about all different places around the world and travel around a little bit and stuff, we believe that right here in our own backyard is the best opportunity for real estate investors over the next 10 years, the population growth, the interest rates what we have all the fundamentals in this area but you do have to know what you're doing you can't just buy willy-nilly anything you need to know what you're doing we share some of the exact strat not some we share the exact strategies we're using with real estate investors rockstar inner circle members right here in toronto and across the gta at this class it's about a 90 minute class you can grab yourself a seat at www.canadianrealestatetraining.com and with that let's get on with the show are you ready to live life on your terms? Is it time to take charge? Real estate, business building, the economy, health and nutrition, and more. It's the Your Life, Your Term Show with Tom and Nick Carazza. Are you ready? Let's go. Okay, we are live with Chris Curry. Nick, can you hear me okay? I just <laughs> that, want to make sure you can hear that's me. That's how Tom is, starts them all. Is, is, is it a running joke loud now? and clear? Okay. <laughs> so Chris Curry is in the house. Chris, you, uh, we got it. Yeah, you speak into the yes, mic. Yes, I'm here. In yes, one piece, and so we have no it. idea what's going to happen on this podcast, but uh, Nick was going to ask you some questions about Florida. <laughs> well, Chris is <laughs> because from I don't Florida. Take, I don't want to take responsibility there. for anything Chris says yeah, that's about Florida, point. so I'm going to get you to ask Chris the question. So that I way, got nothing but positive things to say about Florida. So we met Chris, what, 10 years ago, 12 years ago? Something like I that. remember when we first met Chris, this guy by the name of Matt walks over and he goes, you don't understand, this is one of the 30 under 30 realtors in the USA. He's like a baller realtor. You're going to meet Chris Curry. And I remember thinking- You never even told me that, Yeah, yeah. Dude. And I'm like, who is this guy, Chris <laughs> Curry? We're just driving in in our car. We probably had our Honda Civic. We're driving into Ohio to some mastermind This like- Chris Curry's gonna be there. So yeah, you were you were built up before you even walked in the room. When did you start selling real estate? I started at eighteen in nineteen ninety eight. Really? Yeah, twenty years ago. So that would have been when we met. You were twenty five. So then by twenty five, you were just you were killing it. I guess. Did you have a team? It was just you. You had a no. Team? I pivoted. So I I first started a little town uh, at eighteen years old, a little town called Lake City, Florida, and did really well. The first, I think, second, third year in the business was just killing it. Who now, was selling their house with an eighteen year old? Just you anyone? know what? I had a really great uh, ability to get old people to trust me. Huh. So they I were thought like, you were going to say, I just had a really great personality. <laughs> I had a really good way. And of I worked old. all the time. I mean, there's, you, you, can't, you can't beat 100 hours a week work. And what, it, what had happened, and I think you see this in real estate across the world. This is why I'm actually, I flew in and I'm going to a conference here in Toronto. And I'm like, hey, I got to see Tom and Nick. Is 
hustle, innovation, yeah. you know, thinking out of the box. So I was an 18 year old and it was a very stodgy, small little town. And I'm like, let's go sell some real estate. And they're like, oh my God, here's someone with some life who's like thinking and willing to do something different than just like, oh, um, you want to sell your house? Yeah, let me put a sign in the yard. Sure. Uh, but no, I was like, yeah, I want to tell you. So, so it was, it was, it was so where the future you had, is. You, you had no competition and you scared everybody. No, and I just chased them down until they you, bought or died. Why don't you have a show on Sirius XM yet? Yeah. Why, what kind of car were you driving? Just tell me the car you oh, were driving. Oh, you will absolutely love the car I'm driving. So my dad didn't want me to have a, a car that I would get hurt. So the first car I ever got was a red Cadillac DTS. It was a Ford door. <laughs> I mean, you had to be over uh, 70 18. to drive this car. But this was the car my dad said, if you're going to buy a car, you got to drive this. So I drove this old car. And the funny story is I once got pulled over in this car. I was 18. I was in a suit. Little punk. Oh, and to, to, you know, to top all this off, we're kind of a little bit off topic here. But you're talking about hustle. So my dad told me if I got a ticket. I wouldn't be able to drive for six months. So I'm freaked out. I'm driving to this appointment. I'm so fired up. This red Cadillac DTS, but had this big old V8 in it. And I'm late to the appointment. So I'm running about 140 miles an hour down the interstate and I get pulled over. And the cop comes up to the door, sir, license and registrations, please. I'm like, oh my God, I won't be able to sell real estate again. My whole life is ruined. I won't be able to pay for the car. I'm just so emotionally you destroyed. shit your pants right there. Oh, I was so freaked out. So the cop comes in and I said, sir, you cannot give me a ticket. You cannot. Sir, you were going 140 miles an hour. You are getting a ticket. Miles? You were oh, I was flying. Miles. 140. That wasn't computing. How's I was thinking kilometers. Yeah. yeah, you're probably thinking about 190, 200 yeah. kilometers oh. if you carry it over. I was flying. And so, and he did not expect to see this, you know, this 70 year old car cruising at this speed. So he heads back to the car and I get out, like I am just petrified. I'm like, oh my God, I'm gonna lose everything. I'm gonna have to go back. And I was working in construction before this. And I literally go back to the car and he's like, get back in the car. And I get down like on my, not on my hands and knees, <laughs> but I was close and I'm like crying, like, please don't give me a ticket. Get back in the car, sir. He comes back up to the door and he goes, young man, I have never seen a kid your age cry. <laughs> and he gives me a warning. So that was one of my first experiences uh, speeding to sell a house. Uh, but then since then, I've just, it's been a. Uh, no, you were committed. You were I committed. was committed. It was, it, was, it, was, it was innovation. It was kind of so like. So, like, was your face on one of those big billboards? Oh, well, of course. You had to have a billboard. <laughs> yeah. And that billboard oh was me God. was me holding a sold sign. Oh, saying, no. No. Chris Curry was here, and it was a sold sign. And I, 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 I did. I mean, that was where marketing was back <laughs> no, then. No, I know. I know. Marketing yeah, yeah. was, we were just talking about it. Marketing was billboards, and marketing yeah. was the side of buses. Now the game has changed. Marketing's podcasts, like we're doing right now, and marketing is. You know, CDs that you mail to someone, and it's it's a it's a total different ball game in twenty. Even years. CDs are antiquated. So many people don't even have CD because we we send out CDs to some people. They're like, guys, like, see, this is a CD. You know, I well, where do, I don't where, have a CD Where can player. I play this? Yeah. Right. A lot of cars, the CDs players don't come with anymore. It's like an add-on, and no I one's no one's getting them. Right. I have a five-year-old car, but I've never plugged a CD into in my whole life. Yeah, I think in my new cars are a year old. I, I don't know if I've put one in, maybe a couple. I think I returned my one. last car with the one CD I put in there still in there. <laughs> yeah. Someone's going to get a marketing CD but, coming But, you know, on that, on that point, I'm actually sitting here, and, and, and Nick gave me something to really think about. I've been thinking about the real estate market really hard over the last, like, six, eight months. Like, should I buy? I moved to a new state. I moved to Colorado from Florida. And you said something about assets where – no matter what happens, even if it drops, let's say the market drops 5% or 10%, which I don't see that happening, you're still owning an asset that has climbed so much and you can't go wrong with owning real estate. I mean, because I keep sitting and I'm running the numbers. Does it make more sense to rent? Does it make more sense to own? And what if the market drops 5%? But then looking at where you were talking about the amount of money they're pumping into the market, I had never connected those dots, even though I've been in real estate for years. Yeah, it's, I, to, to, me, to us, it's just like short-term or long-term. You, you know, And it's not even real estate. Like I don't care if I could get something else and own something that's going to hold its value at a later date and have someone else pay for it by the time that like I want to realize that value. So if I can... 
you know, buy doors or signs or something and I can lease out the signs yep. and then those signs are going to hold their, like in 20 years from now, I know that sign is going to be valuable. It's not going to be all broken. Yep. You know, I know that just like a, a piece of land or a home, yep. then yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm sold on that. So it's not like just real estate, but it's, to me, it's that, that principle that like, and if you look back, uh, you know, if you look at like these wealthy families and people that have hold, held wealth, wealth over a long period of time, it's all been in asset accumulation. And not leverage high leveraged asset, you know, ninety five percent loan to value, trying to yep. get in, yep. get out, sell it for ten thousand bucks profit or something. It's been like owning the damn thing. Like I own this, and when I die, I'm gonna give this to this my son or daughter or whoever else, and now they're gonna own it. But you also think about it when you go into any big city, like you go into Denver, and they're revitalizing downtown Denver right now. I mean, it's totally transforming. You still think though that place that that asset that land has value forever it's kind of like will rogers said they ain't making totally, any yeah. more land yeah yeah and you think about in these first world countries like canada and the united states and potentially england and france whatever you want to call a first world country is they have these title uh policies these title systems where I mean, you even think about going back to America where they deeded like Texas to a some rich guy. I don't remember who it was. Like when you go back into the title, you can see in like 1830, this guy got like half of Texas given to him because he helped win it in the in the Texan War. But then it gets passed all the way down and quantified down to like a teeny little spot. But that's still value. Like the person in downtown Denver that bought a building 30, 40 years ago. Oh yeah, he's sitting on gold mine. Well, it's like some of the parking. There's not many left, but in Toronto, there was like these parking lots that sat there for you know. When did people buy them? 10, 20, 30, 50 years ago. These parking lots. Now it's no longer a parking lot. They're building you know fifty story condominium buildings on it. So what's the value? You know what happened to the value of that parking lot over time? So really, the only it? risk is uh, over leverage because yeah. I, I feel like I think watching so. Americans yeah. yep. in two thousand seven, yep. we would come yep. down to conferences with you guys, yep. and everyone's like, "You can get another mortgage. You just have to fog this mirror." Yep. Remember no, that? No, and that's and, and that's, that, that's the one danger. So just if anyone listening to the, that's the danger. Well, that's that's what think totally were, killed me. I mean, I had way I was way over leveraged. How did it work? So you literally just filled out an application, not you specifically, but you could fill out an application back then and just basically say well i make 100 grand a year and you could be like that might not you well, might I'll make tell 20 you, grand a year I'll and tell you a story on that so we had this couple come in and they're like hey we want to go look at million dollar houses we're like sweet and they hand us this pre-approval letter like awesome so we went out and we sold and showed and sold them a 1.6 million dollar house and, and they the closed a, and the average price in the area was what at the time Oh, that was the average price here is probably two hundred and fifty thousand. Yeah, okay. just for perspective. So yeah. it was like we were really fired <laughs> up, and then we're like one day away from closing, and the loan officer calls me up, you know, because my little brother had sold the house and he was on my team, and it's a long story. But the long short of the loan officer called me up. He says, "Hey, we're closing tomorrow, but I need you to sign a piece of paper saying, you know, I don't remember the woman's name. Let's call her Patricia. I like Patricia. Patricia needs you to be her employer." And I'm like, I'm not signing a letter saying Patricia's my employer. And he says, yeah, that's, you need to sign this piece of paper. She has the credit score. She stated her income at like 600 grand a year, and you just need to sign a piece of paper. <laughs> and I'm like, there's no way I'm signing this piece of paper that she makes 600 grand a year, and she works for me. He goes, well, then we're not closing tomorrow, and you're not making your commission. I said, I don't give a rip about the commission. But if yeah. you signed that piece of paper, you would have made your commission. I would have made like, what, $43,000 or something like shit. that. And I'm like, hell no. And then, give or take, it was like a year and a half later, the home got sold on the courthouse steps, and it sold for like I think it was 600 grand, 700 grand. How much fraud was there going Holy on? Well, God. there's still fraud. Like they have premiums to get a loan in South Florida. Like they literally have Broward County premiums and it's between a half and a 1% additional interest rate if you are buying a house down there because they factor in fraud. They know there is still so much fraud in really? South Florida. Yeah, 100%. Oh, wow. I didn't really. That. I just saw so if it you're yesterday. buying a house in that area, they you're, increase the interest rate just for the bank's own protection. Yeah, because there's so much fraud in South Florida. I mean, well, like what kind of like straight up mortgage fraud where people? Yeah, are, be, well, it's because the culture down in South Florida. I'm not. What I'm not, happens in Florida, man? Every, not, no, 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 no. This is Broward. This is Broward. This My, is what, not what Naples. Is that? This okay. is Miami <laughs> area. Okay. The Miami culture <laughs> is 
is the live and let live culture. It's like whoever you can screw. It's kind of like the Mexican culture. And I'm not bashing Mexicans here. There's no bashing of Mexicans, but it's very lax. Like if you get pulled over, I think you're the one who told me or someone told me, a buddy of mine. He just got dragged into this talk sure. somehow. No, no, no. <laughs> Let's see where this Got goes. pulled over in T in uh, Tijuana. Uh, we've never been. So okay, you've us. never been. I think it might have been Matt Treves. I've always wanted <laughs> to. I've always said, every time I go to San Diego. I'm I, going to Tijuana. I said, I'm like, I need to go to, just and to say I've been to every time I go with you guys, I'm like, we are not going <laughs> yeah. to Tijuana. Now it's gotten I, even more dangerous than I think before. So, so they were like, there in Tijuana, and this is what happens in South Florida, and the guy, they were speeding, going way fast, gets pulled over, and the cop's like, yeah, just give me a $100 bill. And that is what happens in uh, South sure. Florida. That's their I, I culture. I think in vast parts of the world, that still exists, yes. and that's the culture. And that is why America and Canada, and potentially you want to talk... I like how you throw in Canada with America, but you know what? We don't want that anymore. Oh, so stop. stop it. You guys are getting your egos out of the way. But long and the short of it, you have the stability. So I have people complain all the time about taxes and and lawyers, and they hate this. Why is everybody suing everyone? And I'm like, that is what makes a... A, a culture good because there's standards, there are accountabilities. You know you can't, like, in certain parts of China, if you run someone over, you want to bloody kill the person because you just write a check and you're done. That would never happen here. Like, if you killed someone here running them over the car, there'd be massive repercussions. And that makes a economy that makes a culture good. I never thought opinion. about it from that perspective. Yeah. But yeah, the rules are in place. And so all the litigation exists because the rules are there. You break the rules. We go to court. And it protects your assets. So this Broward County, though, that's what you were talking about. So that's why they're, that's why the they, solar lacks down there. They don't and, have, it is probably 75% a Latin culture. Uh, it is very, very lax. There's a lot of bribes, and I'm not bashing Jeez. Broward. There's I'm going to Miami on Saturday for our 20th wedding anniversary. It's amazing I was going to start looking around at properties. No joke. I really was going to start. So and if, now you're making me think, forget it. Who knows? No, no, no. So, so on that just point, bring money to bribe people. Yeah, and you're guess, good. Guess, you're yeah. good. Yeah. You should head up north. So a lot of people in Miami are moving out, and they're moving up into Fort Lauderdale, Jupiter, Stewart, Wellington, and West Palm is that the West, West Palm, Palm? It's all, all that's kind of like the same area, but they're moving out of Miami and Coral Gables because you've had Venezuela fall basically, and all the money that has left Venezuela, and all the money that's left Argentina, and all the money that's even left Mexico, and they've cor- you know congregated in South Florida, and you see it, and you see it in their culture, and I mean it is. There's nothing wrong with them. I'm not judging them. It's just a different way of living. Okay, so you're saying that's why the banks, uh, the that's banks, why they have a be, premium. because they've been having some pro- mortgage problems there. They put a premium on the. They've had mortgage there. problems there for for 30 years. Yeah, okay. Just going back to that time frame of 2008, 2009. How bad did it get? And were you buying rental properties and stuff like you guys, everyone I know, whether it was Ohio with Rob, you in Florida, when you were some guys out in L.A., everybody was just trying to survive. Like, well, wow. it absolutely cranked like to absolutely just, you know, so first it was if you had a good credit score, you get any type of loan you wanted. Like literally you could walk in and buy the one point six million state dollar your house. income, good credit score. You're right. Good to go. Write down whatever you wanted and they would give you a loan. And those loans are coming back as of right now. Like they're coming back in Florida in America right really? now. Really? Yeah. There was a Wall Street Journal article yesterday about how they're bringing back stated income loans like that, which which there's a big uh, application for those in the self-employed market. But what happened in Florida was, and in Vegas and in Phoenix and pretty much most of America, is they thought real estate would never drop. Mm-hmm. And so they loaned money to anyone for any reason. And it got so out of control, they were loaning $1.5 million to someone who made $38,000 working at Taco Bell. And you can't afford a home like that. So those, and then and then what happened is they did not have the infrastructure in place to protect their assets. So what I've been told about Canada, and you can enlighten me, is you have way more, the mortgages that you sign here in Canada are have a lot more teeth than the old mortgages in the United, you know, because the mortgages in the United States now have teeth. Like they will come after you. Yeah, we have full recourse away. mortgages, meaning the bank can come after you for any of their losses. All, all your other assets. Yeah. yeah. Right. So, so, so they have so. full recourse for any losses. And the laws in America. <laughs> sorry. I think most of the states has non-recourse. Like the bank. Some of them do. Some, Some of, of them. them do. And I never California know. had non-recourse. If you had your money in a 401k, they couldn't take it. But it was also the loans were so written so poorly that they wouldn't take anything. So people were just walking away left and right. And so when there was no teeth, you put nothing. I mean, just just think about it. Here's what happened in the housing market. Yeah, when it crashes, you just leave. Forget it. When you put nothing down, you stated your income, you can't afford it. 
you're seeing it drop 20%. And you can't, so you and pay, you can't you're not going to lose anything else. And all you're going to get is your credit dinged for a couple of years. Screw it. Walk away. And that's what happened. And then now all those and people. And it happened en masse. It happened on mass and it created a run on the bank, basically. Mm -hmm. And so you had a 41% drop in Florida in values. And it has not came back to the prices that it not was. Not even now. I thought it was about some areas, but you some can't areas. say that with like the whole state that, you know, like you can't get so Florida for but some areas went down less, some more, and then some are probably back and some aren't. Right? So it's gotten back on the uh, guideline. If you look at real estate historically, it's appreciated at 3%. Per year, basically with inflation, like over the last hundred years. This is, I don't know, Canada, but basically, if you look at the scale <clears throat> in America, you've had a 3% appreciation, even with the bumps and the ups and the downs. So we have came back in Florida to that, but it's not like way over it. Where like in Colorado, where I moved, it never dropped. It flatlined. In Texas, it flatlined. Mm -hmm. And so you're up 53% from the flatline in Colorado from when it dropped. So you just have these different equations. But I had someone ask me, I was actually in a ski resort in Colorado last weekend. And I'm sitting next to this guy and he owns a bunch of restaurants. He's like, I'm going to Florida to buy a condo. And I'm like, dude, that's awesome. Why are you buying the condo? I just want a condo on the beach. And I said, that's great. But it's you're, you're not buying at the peak, okay? Because I think there's a lot more opportunity in Florida because of all the tax laws. You know, I mean, if you watch any of the below. Yeah, there's no state tax, right? Well, what's happened is that's causing all the New Yorkers to move out of New York. It's causing all these people that to pay. I mean, think about it. If you're paying 13 14% tax and you move to Florida, you don't pay anything. It makes a brilliant move. So the point, though, I'm saying in Florida is you've reached a, probably the top, and now you're at a steady eddy appreciation. You're at a 3 to 4% yeah, appreciation. Yeah, yeah. You're not going to get this 10% bump, 15% But that's good. Like that's, he like, that's healthy. Like, to me, because if you get the steady eddy, yep. you don't get the crash yep. after either. Yep. Do you know what I mean? Like, that's, yep. that's like, it, the slow and steady is like a nice approach. Yeah. You know, because once things are high flying, you're like, oh, shit, nothing can go up like that. But, steep what, and then but stay what we are level. seeing right now across the entire state, so I mean, you're I'm an American real estate guy, is you're seeing the fluff go out of the market. And I'll give you an example. So we're seeing right where, where I live right now in Colorado is homes that appraise for a million dollars, hypothetically. We're seeing they were going on the market for 1.2. And last year they would have gotten an extra, you know, 10, 15% premium because it was such a hot market. Well, what's happening, they won't appraise for 1.2. It's going to have to be cash or some type of extra money down is now they're, they're dropping their prices back to last year prices. So you're seeing back to what Nick was saying is the normal market coming into play. You're not getting the craziness, the fluff, as I call it in the marketplace, where it is a good time to buy in Florida, but you're not going to see the crazy appreciation. You're not going to buy in Florida right now or in Colorado or anywhere in America right now and see a 10% appreciation yeah. in the next 12 to 24 months. So that's gone. If someone does want to go down to Florida, what are the pockets that you like? The ones you mentioned that I would bomb Jupiter, that whole. Here's how I would buy in Florida. Buy where you want to live. Yeah. So where would you want to live? It is it the Tampa side? <laughs> no, you grew up there, I know, but... It depends on what you like. So if you live on the Atlantic side, you get waves and you get more weather. So you get... I, I like the you know the, the Jacksonville, the okay. Miami, the Fort Lauderdale, the Okay, so you Daytona like the Beach. Atlantic I, side more I than like the Gulf that side. side. But if you're on the Gulf side, your waves are way more low-key and it's a beautiful... And it's prettier beaches, hypothetically. So you got Naples, which is amazing. You got Destin, but Destin is so horrible hot in the summer i mean it is so bad it's like 120 degrees and you oh, literally man. feel like you're in a bloody oven it is like it's unlivable in my opinion even with air conditioning destin's horrible in the summer and if you live in Destin, tampa area what about that tampa's really great so what, what, what i've told people over and over again is buy where you like i mean where the where the really great values are is north florida like jacksonville daytona uh i mean you can get a incredible beachfront home on the beach 5,000 square feet gorgeous home you can't spit on your neighbor like you have space for like three million bucks I mean it's a bloody steal compared to anywhere else in Florida like if you get on the beach in Tampa you're six to seven million bucks if you get on the beach in 
anywhere in South Florida, you're 10 to $20 million. So you get this huge savings. I was savings. hoping to hear about 120000 <laughs> Huh? I was hoping to hear about 120000 Oh, well, you, know, you should no? have bought like 60, yeah. 70 years ago. Back when, no, I think it was in the 40s and the 50s where they were literally selling Nick land lo- in Nick Florida. Nick to Jacksonville. You love Jacksonville. Uh, that, well, it was Jacksonville. What's that small little kind of area right outside Jacksonville, the uh, kind of like historic area? Um, uh, there's Ponte Vedra, there's Atlantic Beach. There's... I forget what it's called. Yeah, it wasn't that. But anyways, yeah, I like I like the area. And I was I was on the little peninsula that goes out there. Some some I, I did a little bit of surfing. Not a great surfer. I haven't tried much, but it was it was it was a, it was a good area. You didn't I, I even liked call it. me. I liked it. I don't know where you were. Aren't you? <laughs> I used to live in Jacksonville. Oh, did you? I've surfed that little point. Did you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it's not bad. I don't know yeah. from what I knew. I, Jacksonville's I super laid club. back. So Jacksonville is what they call the blue collar of Florida. Uh, it's kind of like the Midwest of Florida. So your prices are affordable. Uh, it's a great area to live. It's super laid back. It's super chill. So if you're looking for kind of the hidden secret of Florida, Jacksonville is an amazing place. I think Canadians that. like to be near airports. So, Nick, you'd probably, to get to Jacksonville, you probably have to land like in Orlando and then drive up or something like that. To Jacksonville? Yeah. yeah. No, I flew right into Jacksonville. I mean, Direct it, from Toronto? Probably I, don't know, I thought I did. I, it has like, a, I feel like that's a South Saint Augustine. Buffalo. Saint Augustine, like an old area there. Yeah, Saint Augustine's an old area. I yeah, lived yeah. right in between. Saint With that little little strip, the little walkways, and the old buildings, like the heritage yep, buildings. Yep, that's what was so yep. cool about it. It was like old school America, like the white picket fences. It's the and those oldest. Stuff. I think it's the oldest city in uh, in uh, the states. Yeah, so yeah that place was cool. So you're thinking more stated incomes coming stuff is coming back into places, but the banks have more recourse than they used to have. I don't think I know. I mean, I, I know they that do, sounds, but, the, but, but the, yeah, I mean, and that's where I the whole Broward County thing came up again is because I was pulling up the cost of the loan from the banks that were loaning it out, and they had that one point premium because they like, put it as a separate line item. Yeah, separate line. I'm like, okay, there. It, it's it again. It just brought it back to my attention again that there's a premium to borrow money in you know Broward County. So if there's a recession, what do you think happens to prices in Florida this time? I I don't think because of the tax climate the prices in Florida are going to drop. What you got to understand is taxes make a huge difference for everybody, and so you have so much money coming from the Northeast states, from Connecticut, uh, New Hampshire, Maine, New York, and they're moving to Florida, and it's an easy flight. You know, it's literally like an hour flight, hour and a half flight, and there is thousands of flights back and forth from from South Florida to the New York. And so what's happening is you're getting, I think it was, uh, and don't quote me on this, but I think it was Connecticut, uh, Greenwich, yeah, Greenwich, Connecticut. They saw a $2.3 billion drop in their tax revenue, their top line tax revenue, because like 10 of the hedge funds moved out in the last year or so. Yeah, holy shit. Because they're, because they're hammering them with so much taxes. So the long and the short of it is Florida has no taxes. It has a very conservative government. And it's a great place to live and it's a great place to retire. So going back to your point is even if it does drop or flatline, it doesn't matter if you enjoy living there and you have a great house. It's awesome. I feel like the state is so messed up right now. Your taxes, your, your, your politics, like just watching from the outside, man. Seems crazy, but I know no. It didn't Peter Schiff move his whole operation out of Connecticut to Puerto Rico? Went to Puerto Rico, because I, I think, think they have like he went to Puerto Rico. I I mean I couldn't live full time. No, you have but to live it, six months and one day in Puerto Rico. I've that. never been to Puerto Rico. Never been know. to Puerto no, Rico. No, I don't know. But what happens over the next few years as they just pile on more debt? Tax revenues across these states go down for different reasons. Like I mean, it just seems crazy. I think you can't keep human beings down. And I've really struggled with this because I'm sitting on money and I'm like, do I put it back into real estate? What do I do? And I think human beings are resilient. And I don't, I mean, shoot, we saw the greatest recession since the Great Depression and we still all survived. I mean, we didn't have mass carnage in the streets and people burning whole cities down and chaos. It was an orderly, you know, yes, people lost a lot of money. I lost a lot of money, but... I survived. I mean, my kids didn't starve. I didn't not be able to feed them. It was nothing like we used to see a hundred years ago. I wasn't alive a hundred years ago, but as the history books say, you know, or the French Revolution where they're cutting people's heads off and baloney. What so the bottom, see? go no, ahead. No rental prices. When prop, uh, when we were talking to Rob in Ohio, property prices went down sixty five percent. Rents remained uh, stable. 
because he said people were still needed a place to live on some of the starter home stuff. So I'm not talking the high end stuff. Do you know in Florida what happened to rents during that time as property? And not, pre- and not, not vacation rentals because yeah, that kind of skews tough. it a bit it's in Florida, right? Yeah. yeah, and that's why Florida is a weird market. So you have anything in the beach that is vacation rental and the Airbnb market has totally transformed it. Yeah, that's oh, true. I, I believe so. Yeah. Even here in, in, yeah. play, in smaller All areas here. here that you wouldn't think that Airbnb has 100%, a market. Yeah. I'm, I'm it's looking, everywhere. I'm staying downtown tonight because I have a seminar I'm going to, a conference I'm going to tomorrow. And it was almost cheaper to stay in an Airbnb than the hotel. Yep. And there were tons of them. The only reason I didn't do it is like, ah, oh, the conference is at the hotel. It's, it's nice to be in the it. same spot. Yeah. But going back to your point on rent, um, that is the, the weird factor. Because whenever rents are less than what it costs to own it, it throws it off. And right now in certain parts of the country, it owned, costs way more. Like even where I'm looking to buy. It's two thousand dollars a month cheaper to rent than it is to own. Two thousand. Two thousand dollars a month cheaper. So I'm running the numbers and saying, okay, if I buy a home and it's flat, because I think we're hit. You know, we're not going to have this. You know, we were getting in Colorado a six day percent. What kind of home are you looking at? It's a like an eight hundred thousand dollar home, so it's not even that much money. I mean, it's a decent. Twenty years ago, eight hundred thousand. Yeah, home was well, Nirvana. no, but it's, 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 diff- you're right, it's you're different right. time. Remember, the first home I sold was thirty three thousand. And what, what, what are the interest rates right now on mortgages? Uh, they're like three point seven five four percent. So, but if I go out and buy this home, it's renting for way cheaper than it because. And here's and here's the kicker: you're talking about assets. It's because people want to own real estate. And so what's happening is they're willing and because they bought it four, five, six, seven, eight years ago, their cost to own is so much less than it is right now. So it's those factors coming into play. You've you've had a lot of appreciation, but it's like it's like they say in the stock market. There's never a perfect time to get into the stock market. Yeah, the challenge with that is like you know you want to put your money someplace and yeah. have it own something. And I know you know everyone's trying to time everything, and you're you're right. You can't time these things, right? So. But then if you don't, and if there's another flood of money coming which to devalue the dollar further, then you're sitting on your money and then it just loses, you fall further and further behind because it loses more and more of its value. Well, and the beauty of real estate, and this is where the whole big circle that I've, because I sold a company, I was been chilling, kind of retired and like going back to work and like thinking about the beauty of real estate versus the stock market is you you own something. Like you have something there. It's like $34, $35 trillion of money wrapped up in the stock market. But overnight, if you see a 10 15% crash, all of a sudden it's just gone. It didn't disappear. But if you own a house and the market drops 10%, you still have a 12-month lease, okay? Maybe the rents drop 10%, so you're from 2200 to 2000 It ain't going to kill you. It's what is that, $2,400 in a year, and you have a house, you have a door, you have an asset, you have something that historically for how many, 600 years has been a good, stable investment? It's crazy that with everything you've been through in real estate that you're not totally scared of it or scarred for life by it. No, really. Well, I mean, I've you guys spent, went through a lot. Like, like spent, I remember stories of people going into foreclosure in the U.S., deciding that the bank couldn't deal with all the foreclosures, so they just lived in them. I think they were calling them strategic defaults, yes. where they would just live in it, not pay the bank, yep. knowing that the bank would take like a year and a half or two years. They would well, they fight were it off. they were taking longer than yeah, that. Even longer? Okay. Yeah. So you just basically didn't pay for a couple years. Yeah. And then eventually, if you did get evicted out of the place, you haven't made any payments on two years. Yeah. And you kind of got a, got yourself ahead. So in the middle of these disasters, Americans were finding a ways to kind of like work the system to their advantage. Kind of like your point of not holding people down. Yeah. They were figuring out ways to kind of work the system. And the banks, I don't think, to your point also earlier, they didn't have the throughput to process they all of these They didn't have the loans done right. They were doing funny money mortgages. Like you didn't even know who owned the mortgage. It was some funky trust that had bought a funky trust that had bought a funky trust. And they didn't even know where the money was going. So all of that has been cleansed out of the market. And now the loans that have been given over the last, what, that's almost nine years, have been like super good loan. Like perfect example, if you're 65 and you want to buy a home in America and you want to do a 30-year mortgage, I assume it's the same here. They won't loan you the money on a 30-year mortgage because you're 65. You can't pay it off at 30 years. They don't want a 95-year-old paying off a home. I actually don't know that here, but it's probably I don't. The same. I've never even looked yeah, into yeah. it. Well, they, they made that a law where you cannot, like if you do not have the long-term ability to pay, 
they won't loan you the money. I don't think that's the same here. I think you probably could. I'm no, going to look no. into it. I'm curious yeah, now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, just dealing with somebody here who is that age. So, yeah, we need to know. And he wants a 30-year mortgage. They won't give that to you 20, We do a lot of 25. They're still 30 here for sure, but, yeah, we do there a lot are. of 25. insured ones We do a lot of 25. Our interest rates, by the way, are a point and a quarter less than yours. We're like 2.74. Oh, my God. But how long is your term on that three point? If you, like, what, if you uh, sign three that point, mortgage? It'd be like 4% for 30 years. For 30 oh years. Oh, See, we're two point. We have to renew every five years. Oh, so you're five-year. They, they, they call that a five-year adjustable. Yeah. We can get 10-year terms, but hardly anybody does. Yeah. So they only do that on commercial loans. So, in so the, you get 30 years you get guaranteed 30 year that fixed. interest rate. Never changes. That's insane. But it's all government. It's all Fannie and Freddie. Fannie what if Mae rates go down? Can you like renegotiate somehow? Like, can you break it for a penalty and you get a loan? You just refinance. Oh, okay. You go to the bank and get a new loan. And what's the penalty to break the break the loan then? It must be None. pretty high. Zero. No, it must be pretty high because no. they're going to be making less on, on no. you now. No, it's very, very common. So it's called very, very rarely do they have what's called a prepayment penalty. So if I have a mortgage, let's say for 500 grand with a 30 year fixed, okay? And then uh, let's say I'm at 5% and then interest rates drop to 4%. I just go into the bank. Get a new loan for five hundred grand. It cost me between thirty five hundred and fifty five hundred dollars. There's no penalty to get rid of the there's old. There's no one? penalty. I send five hundred grand off to the first mortgage, and I'm well, rocking well, there's out. There's fees, but there's fees for the mortgage. So yeah, they, the, they fees pay is, up fees. the fees is the fees like thirty five hundred to fifty five hundred bucks. So we don't pay those fees, but then we have the prepayment fees, which can't. If the rates go down, it's interest rate differential. It can be kind of nasty. But that's but that's. I mean, it's you gotta. You know, it really doesn't matter. The long and the short of it, there's different uh, guidelines yeah, yeah. for different countries. The thing that's hit me really hard over the last year, because I, like you talked about, I was scarred. I was worth millions and millions and millions of dollars. I had hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of dollars. You should have given us some money, man. I lost it all because <laughs> I should have given to us before you lost yeah. it. I we would have invested. Yeah. I, didn't, I don't even know if I. Yeah, I we would have got you some nice, stable did, GTA I, Golden Horseshoe <laughs> real estate. I should have done that. I should have <laughs> sold everything. At that time, we were that time, scared. when we came down, we came down and saw a bunch of you guys right when the market was collapsing. Remember that mastermind oh, yeah. meeting we came? Yeah, out we of? were in Florida, weren't we? We were. We were in Florida and the look on all your faces was like a meteor was about to hit earth like the world was coming to an end and we hadn't heard about this yet but I think it was right at the beginning of the credit being seized up and I remember everyone like, came down that morning yeah. and they're like hey did you see what just happened yeah and we're like what's going on here what is happening yeah and when you, Goldman Sachs fell and all that all happened the, yeah, yeah 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 it was I think big, it was Lehman yeah Lehman whatever yeah not Goldman sorry no, it was no. Lehman Brothers Goldman Gold was too Goldman's Gold too connected too much, they're not going anywhere they have too much money in huh. third world countries where they're but the long and the short of it is <laughs> <laughs> sorry I missed what he said. I said they have too much money in third world countries. I figure someone's going to come track you down. There'll be someone following you around down to Toronto saying, hey, is that the guy that said that about uh, Goldman? (laughs) uh, Don't mess around with Goldman. (laughs) I know. that's spies everywhere. (laughs) There's probably someone in our office here. That's what I'm saying. (laughs) Well, if you look at, like, what was it? There was was that article. It was about all the different central bankers in the world, like, you know, around, between, like, England, Canada, and the U.S. They all have, like, some link back. Like, those guys just run the monetary policy of the globe. Sometimes I take little YouTube videos criticizing the Bank of Canada, and the back of my mind, I'm like, oh my gosh, am I on some central bank hit list? That's no. somewhere. If you talk about the Federal <laughs> yeah, Reserve, maybe. Maybe. Uh, maybe. Trump will send someone after you because he's pissed at the Federal no, Reserve. No, no, because he's... Uh, no, Trump and our uh, Prime Minister, they're best buddies, man. Oh, shoot. They don't even shake each other's hands. <laughs> the from but, uh, listen, um, uh, in Florida on foreclosures, if there's a million-dollar property and only is the bank is only owed $100,000 on that, can they sell it for whatever price they want? See here, if there is a foreclosure, it's called power of sale. And if it's a million dollar property, but the bank is only owed $100,000 on that property, they can't list it for sale for like 200,000 and get their money back and be done with it. They have to list it at fair market value. And give the money back to the homeowner. yeah, actually, I think I yeah. think that is it. Yeah, after a bunch of fees, yeah, yeah, and, and then negotiate yeah, much more. Yeah, yeah, you, you know, yeah, they, but can your because you can make an offer for seven hundred grand, the bank might take it. The long and the short of it, simple answer is in in Florida. I don't know if it's all states because every state in America sure. has their own yeah, foreclosure yeah, rules. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. in California, they'll never take your house. You can live forever and not pay your mortgage, basically. But and it's non recourse, so that's why they charge more in those areas. But in Florida. If there's a foreclosure, it's a million dollar home and a hundred thousand dollar debt. Um, if the bank buys it back at the steps for a hundred grand, they can make nine hundred thousand dollars in profit. They can, eh? Yeah, all okay. day long. Okay. But what would happen is, again, 
ingenuity, human behavior. Sure. Someone you have people in. following that house, tracking it down totally, yeah. and says there's only a hundred grand yeah, owed. Yeah. I mean, I bought a we lot of those We can't get that homes. data in Canada. Our privacy laws are different. Oh yeah. You can get that all day long because it's a, it's a, it's a uh, recorded mortgage and you just amortize it out depending on how long they own it. And then also in, you know, in Florida, if you're looking to buy a foreclosure, they advertise it all. Here's what the bank's owed. Here's yeah. the fees. And so it's a hundred thousand yeah, dollar mortgage. I've seen though, there's websites that, that yeah. advertise yeah. those you pay to subscribe. Super risky. But what do you mean in California? Wait, why is it super risky? It's super risky because they don't guarantee the title. So there could be a second mortgage, a third mortgage. There could be an HOA lien, a homeowner association lien. There could be taxes. There could be all this crud. I mean, I've bought bad properties and and screwed up and cost me a lot of money. Uh, so, but the bottom line is the reason it's risky is you have to do a title search before it. And you got to make sure it's the right property. Like there's an article just the other day in Tampa. Some guy thought he was getting this house and he's getting this million dollar home in the water. And it's such a beautiful view. And he's so excited. And he bought it for $16,000. And then he realized it was the mailbox. And somehow the mailbox had this like 10 by 20 strip. And somebody got all of it. Oh, it was the government had 16 grand in taxes owed on it. And so he bought this bloody mailbox not the house that's he was awesome so mad so the point is you've got to do your due diligence you should not go down to florida and start buying foreclosure auctions without yeah, having it's an just the message home. sounds so good to people that don't know those little details yeah. and intricacies the message of doing it, it's like oh my god this is amazing we should do this I'm, i mean i've i've i've, I've bought probably a hundred to 150 properties on the courthouse steps in florida and i've screwed up on some and we had one that cost us several six figures you know, because we didn't buy it right, and we didn't realize we were buying the third instead of the first. And what did you mean about California that you can't get kicked out of your house? So in California, they have non-recourse laws, so the mortgages are very, very set up for the consumer, not for the bank. So bottom line, it's very. But they'll hard still to evict you if you're not paying your mortgage after about a year or two. So it's a longer process. Got it. So no different like than uh, Detroit. I don't know if they changed their laws, but in Detroit, I remember you had a six-month right of redemption where if they foreclosed on you, then you could bring the money and make it um, whole and you get the property. So like investors would buy properties and have to keep them up for six months, but not remodel them. Oh, wow. Because Just in case someone hoping came someone came back. So if you would go in again, knowing knowing how to buy real estate, it's a super complicated deal. So if you were going into Detroit and like, I'm buying foreclosures, this is so awesome. You go buy a foreclosure, rehab it. So you buy a foreclosure for a oh hundred grand, put Holy thirty shit. grand into it, fixing it up, and then someone comes in and says, Oh, thank you. Gives you the hundred grand plus your fees. And you which think is, that's happened? Happens all the time. I don't think it happens. I know it happens. I know that sounds cocky, but we we flew into Detroit and hung out with this guy that was buying two, three hundred. I feel like you have a self confidence issue. <laughs> I really don't. <laughs> but yes, that and 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 he would. The guys, I mean, again, perfect example of someone who got over leveraged. A guy named was Ralph Roberts, and he was buying tons and tons of real estate. I think he had an eighty million dollar line of credit with Chase, and he got over leveraged and lost it all. Uh, but he was, he said that happened a lot in Detroit. What is it? Why, Holy why, shit. why do like some people go down that path? Is, uh, sometimes I guess it's just mistakes. Is it greed? Like, does people always need more to you're like, well, I got we these don't know. 20 properties. So, no, but I if you don't just think try to people anticipate 50 homes instead of yeah, 20 it, that you could manage Sorry, properly. Yeah, yeah. I don't think they, I'm, I mean, I know why I did it. I didn't think the market would crash the way it did. I didn't, I didn't think we'd have a, 41%. so you just wanted more and more and more. That's greedy. Yeah. I mean, come on, isn't that it's and everyone it's around you is doing it and everybody's pulling out equity and buying cars. Yeah, because there's the fear of missing and, out. And then and, like, and yeah. but did this didn't just go on for one year, it went on for years. Yeah. So then even if you're kind of negative about it for a couple of years, after the third or yeah, fourth it beats year, you down you're you kind of like, else. Okay, well everybody's doing this. I guess this is gonna but be But that good. party's over. So really what's happened, what you guys have always had, I remember telling you 10 years ago, watch out, you're going to crash. But you, you guys had, did scare us pretty good. And we're, which was good. And we're grateful for because we were very aware of that. And we well, were, thank you. you know, no, but you know, no, we are grateful. We, 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 we kind of learned a lot of lessons from watching what you guys went through. And it was helpful to us just trying to understand and make different decisions we made as well. So, so really what caused the market to crash was it was the loans were too easy. There was no, I mean, it's, it's, yeah. it's human behavior. We've talked about human behavior several times in this podcast when you don't have accountability people make stupid decisions and there was no accountability for four or five years leading up to the crash 
in the United States. Now there's massive accountability. They will not give you a mortgage if you can't pay for it. But I thought you just said that some of those loans are coming back. They are, but it's a very small part of the market. So I think it's a trillion dollar mortgage market in America right now, and it's $45 billion. Oh, okay. And it's mainly for self And there's recourse. Like, it's just, there's just structured better. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you have to be legit. You have to put, I think it's 20% down. You know, you have to have. So it isn't like they were doing these crazy loans. I like how no you say that down. you have to put twenty percent down because before it was it was stated income zero zero percent. Yeah. I know. Yeah. Jeez. So it's just it's just it was a free house. It was a free for all. It yeah. was basically. Can you sign the piece of paper? Yeah. Because if you can make an X, how many we can do give you, you the money. We did that a lot. Of we wrote them checks to buy homes. Like we literally, I would go to closings and they would get checks for five grand for buying the home because there was cash back on the closing. There was or cash back on the, the seller would pay the owner finance and this and that and they would get. A check for five grand and they just bought a home you could just go around oh buying God. homes you know and then just leave we and were lucky get... we weren't down there i think we would have just went crazy probably holy no, y'all would have been more conservative no yeah well just our family i don't know if you know our family story but our family almost lost everything in 1990 here during a big real estate crash and that's always been in the back of our minds and why we've been so careful with investors here and yep. always kind of being a little bit kind of timid on some decisions i don't i don't think it's timid i think it's smart i think as as I'm going back into the real estate play, and we were just talking about this guy out there right now, but it's just like all over the interwebs and the Instagrams talking about, give me money, I'm going to make you rich. And we were just talking about it before the podcast. We've been through, like, we're veterans. Like, we've been through the damn war. And we wouldn't go do the stupid stuff again. And no. I think it's very, very smart to invest conservatively. I do think buying real estate is an amazing investment, especially as they're going to continue to flood the market with cheap interest rates. But... Put money down. Don't get over your skis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Would not yeah, be able to afford Yeah, that's the key the part. Rent. That's the key message that many people miss. Yeah, totally. Yeah. I think you guys would sell. I mean, I'm in the real estate business. For those that don't know, I've been in the real estate business 20 years, and I've sold thousands and thousands of homes. And the thing that really changes the game is, and I was even here like, man, you guys could go harder. But they're like, we want to make sure the people that you help sell homes can afford it. Like mm -hmm. they're not going to get upside down in the rentals. We figure out how to make them cash flow. We we are the conservative. In fact, Nick was telling me, I, th I thought that was so interesting. He's like, we could sell more houses if we got more aggressive. Like he said, how many people have you talked out of not buying yeah, homes? Totally Which is stupid <laughs> if you're all about the money, but it's super smart if you're about the customer. Yeah, I told him, I'm like, you have no idea how many people we've told not to buy homes because they're just like, well, I just want this one. We're like, no, 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 you, you don't want this one. You got to. I mean, we'll you get told to him you're going to put him in you a headline. Why? You know why? Because we are never going to leave their side and we feel like we're going to have to deal with them through thick and thin. So, so part of it is selfish that we're like, hey, man, don't buy this because if this goes sideways, we're going to end yeah. up dealing with you and it's going to be nasty. So just listen to us. And, and that's so unlike the average real estate agent. The average real estate agent, in fact, I was And to be fair, they might not have the context, the average real estate agent. We happen to have a lot of experience at this point and a lot of context. Do you know what fair, I mean? Fair. Well, a lot of people are so desperate for money that they'll yeah, push someone to thing. make a yeah. You're right. You're and that's right. in every industry. So we don't want to bash real estate just, but you're right. Real estate agents but and I, every other industry, so many people are just in it for the oh, next totally. in the quick software, cash, I was in the software right? industry for nine years. It was yeah. the same thing. Yeah. Shove, sell the, sell the product. Shove Who cares if they can implement it or someone's whatever. throat right? for sure. Yeah. But I... I do think the real estate industry and real estate agents in general, I have, because I sold real estate for a long time and then coached and trained thousands of agents, is it's a lottery winner mentality. Commissions are huge. The numbers are huge. And so many of them think short term. And they think if I can get that $8,000 check, that $5,000 check, who cares? I'm never going to see him again. And I thought that was very commendable of what Nick had said is like, we won't sell you the property. Like if you're desperate to buy that property and it's something we tell you not to, we don't want to be involved. Like go get it with somebody else. So now you're out of real estate as a realtor, correct? Um, Still working real estate, hypothetically. So the simple answer is I'll never get out of real estate. Yeah, I don't think you'll ever get out of real estate either. That after that first car story, 18 years old driving that Cadillac. That was a long time. If I ago. saw you at 18 driving that red, you said red Cadillac. It was a red Cadillac in a suit. Uh, that was awesome. Oh, the world has changed. Yeah, I've I know. grown up and matured. I don't. I, I don't even think I've even wore a suit in like years. Oh, neither. I do, I, but I'll give you all the credit in the world for doing that at 18. 
You know what I mean? Because at 18, I wasn't thinking about that. And, and you know, something we've learned from you is just your mindset. Like nothing, something, I know you've been through ups and downs definitely during that crash of the real estate. Yeah, but you keep uh, going. You man. just keep going, man. And it is a very, I think, I don't know if it's an American quality or Chris Curry quality. No, for real. You just keep plowing through onto the next, onto the next. And so many people we meet do not have that quality at all. They get one objection, they get one failure, and that's it. They hide like a turtle and go away. Whereas you just keep plowing through everything. So I just want to commend you for that. Thank you. And, and no, really, it's inspiring for us to see as well, right? You're always up to something. We got to keep trying. We can't even keep, you've started more businesses in the last 10 years and sold more stuff and decided that's not the direction you want to go and close them down, start another one. Then we care to even admit that we know about you. So like, uh, no, it's, it's really, I was one of Nick's. He's like, I don't know what the hell Chris is going to talk about. Yeah, yeah. In this <laughs> I think Nick was, I, Nick was asking me, he's like, do you know what Chris, what business Chris is in right now? I'm like, no, I actually, it could be whatever he says wouldn't surprise well, every me. time we've seen you, cause we've seen you multiple times over the years. It's always something different. So I'm like, I don't know. This is yeah. definitely and going to be something. A, it's different. not a small business either. He starts a new business oh, yeah, from yeah, scratch yeah. and yeah. grows it quite big. Yeah. Oh, you guys are too much. <laughs> anyway, I know, listen, I know you're, uh, Nick, I'm going to start to wrap yeah, up. Yeah, I, yeah, I know yeah. you have another business you're about to launch here. So we need to have you back when you launch this. Well, it's basically venture. a marketing business where if you're running webinars to bring in business for your uh, customers. So if you have a service industry or something along that line or you're doing a marketing uh, my passion is marketing so real estate is my um, what I sell hypothetically but marketing is my passion so it's how to build webinars how to leverage the webinar movement to sell your product do you have a website set up where people can reach you yet? we're setting it up right now it's called webinarframeworks.com. so it's how to use webinars to sell your your expertise, like if you're a doctor or you're a lawyer or anything along that line. It, it makes a ton of sense. Yeah. I mean, it's such a great platform to do yeah, that kind sure. of stuff. And if anyone knows the ins and outs, I don't even know how many webinars that you've put on over the year. Live ta sales talks and webinars. Thousands. Over yeah, thousands. <laughs> thousands. So uh, what was the URL? We'll put it in the uh, show uh, notes. Webinarframeworks.com. Or if they can just go, I'm rebuilding my personal website, chriscurry.com. So I, I was going to make a joke about your personal website. We'll save that for. <laughs> I bought it. I actually, you're talking about a marketing thing. I bought the someone else is named Chris Curry. Well, and Who is he this was, person? and he was like a soft porn star for years. No, no. Really? yes, no, it was so bad. You talk about 18 Great. selling that real means estate. Everyone's going to Google Chris Curry. I mean, who <laughs> it knows? It was so what bad, find. and they would and they would pull up chriscurry.com, and the guy somewhat looked like me. It wasn't me, and it was like the most. It wasn't horrible, but it was it was it was soft porn. And they're like, oh my god, I saw your website. And I'm like, that's not my website. <laughs> And so literally last year, maybe that's why you got so much business. Well, you know, young, and, but last year I got it for, I was ready to spend like six figures, not six figures, uh, five figures on the, on the domain name, like a lot of money. And I'm all geared up and I'm getting on the auction and ready to buy it. I'm off. I'm just bidding. Have you ever bought anything online? You're hitting yeah, yeah, the yeah. button. You're like, refresh, refresh, refresh hit the button, refresh. And I got it for $500. I'm like, Oh my God, that's great. That's almost free. <laughs> so I do own chriscurry.com, but it is parked right now. I got to, I'm we, building out this. Site. We have more domains than I even want to admit. We've oh, gotten gosh, rid of some yeah. of them now for a while. I we went had on to a go, craze. we did a, we did a house cleaning. We did a bit of a house yeah. cleaning. I went on a craze. This is the virtual real estate. Let's buy these things. Yeah, some no, of them are pretty good. There's one more. I'm after that. I don't want to say on this one. Uh, but anyway, Chris, Thank you for this. Always yep. a pleasure. We're going to have to have you back. I know we're going to get lots of feedback about your chat that you just shared oh, with everyone. So I thank you for that, feedback. man. Hey, Take thank you. It's a joy. Uh, enjoyed hanging out with y'all. Awesome, man. Hey, everyone. So hopefully you enjoyed that chat with Chris Curry. As you can tell, he's a pretty animated guy. He's got a lot to say. Um, and we didn't even scratch the surface with what he has been through in real estate and in business and marketing and the whole bit. So I really do think we'll bring him back on the show. Um, if you have any feedback for us about the podcast, always send it in. Thank you for everyone giving us reviews on iTunes. Those really mean a lot to us and the feedback that we're getting. So if you haven't yet and you think we've earned it, please go over and give us a review on the iTunes store um, for this podcast. Give us a rating. We're thank you for that. I mean, if you think we've earned it, please do it. We use that as fuel to keep doing this Your Life, Your Term show in this podcast. And if you are listening to this and you want to check us out and learn more about how we are working with investors in this area, go to CanadianRealEstateTraining.com. Grab yourself a seat for our next session in the Oakville offices here. Both Nick and I are there. We stick around after to answer all your questions. That's it for now. Until next time, your life, your terms.